Good morning and welcome to Brighton Road Baptist Church this morning. Thanks for joining us for our service. Let me begin by asking a question. Have you ever wondered why God bothers with you at all? I mean, what makes you so special in his sight? Is it because you're particularly clever or wonderfully gifted? Have you just got the right social connections? Actually, none of these things count for anything with God. The Bible says that God chose the stupid things in the world, actually, to put to shame those who are clever. God chose the weak things in the world to put to shame those who are strong. God chose the nobodies in the world, the people others look down on, those who think they're nothing, to bring to nothing those who think that they're important. The point is no one has any grounds for boasting before God. And it's God who's incorporated you into his son Jesus Christ. And Christ has become your wisdom. Christ is the one who puts you right. Christ is the one who makes you holy. Christ is the one who sets you free. So if anyone's going to boast about anything in the sight of God, Jesus is the only thing we can take pride in. With that in mind, let me lead you in prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, I'm here today. I want to praise you. I want to learn from you. The wisdom that you give is far greater than anything I can learn elsewhere in the world. It's got the power to confound all expectations. And so this morning I come in humility, come to sit at your feet. I want to open my heart to your love, my mind, to your truth. Thank you that you don't seek to dominate or control me. You said we would know the truth and the truth would set us free. So unlock my mind and my heart with your grace and your truth today. For I ask it in your name. Amen. And we're going to sing together in worship of Jesus, meekness and majesty.
And can I lead you in prayer again? Lord, it, it doesn't always sink in who you are. I don't quite get what it means for me to be in the presence of such a, a mighty God. So forgive me for those times when my, my picture of you, my understanding of you is just far too small. When I try and fit you into that tiny little box that I think I can cope with. When I'm frightened of what might happen if I invite you to release your power into my life. Lord, I'm sorry. Come and meet me where I am and sort me out and fill my mind and my heart with your love, with your presence. Thank you that with all my failings and shortcomings, you welcome me. Thank you. Amen. Matthew chapter 11 verses 25 to 29 The Father revealed in the Son At that time Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise, and learned them, and revealed them to the little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father, no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in the heart, and you will find your rest for your souls. John Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress takes the form of a dream. And at one point he says, Now I saw in my dream that the highway up which Christian was to go was fenced on either side with a wall, and that wall was called Salvation. Up this way, therefore, did burdened Christian run, not without great difficulty because of the load on his back, but he ran thus until he came to a place somewhat ascending, and upon that place stood a cross, and a little below a sepulchre. So I saw in my dream that as Christian came up to the cross, his burden loosed from off his shoulders and fell from off his back and began to tumble and continued to do until it came to the mouth of the sepulchre where it fell in and I saw it no more. He hath given me rest by his sorrow and life by his death. I'm going to lead you in a response now. Um, when, when I get to those words, take my heavy load, I'm going to invite you to say those words with me either in your heart or, or maybe out loud. 
And whatever your load, whatever your burden it is, whatever it is you're carrying, just, just give it to him. Let him take it for you. So come, all who are weary, to the one who will bear it all. God of the burden, take my heavy load. Jesus, teacher of sinners, take my heavy load. Enlivening spirit, take my heavy load. Come all who are weary to the one who gave his life to set you free.
If you enthrone Jesus in your heart, that means serving other people. And Christians around the world are doing that in the thick of or in the wake of the coronavirus epidemic. For a few years now, we've been supporting the Cambodia Hope Organisation. CHO works with small rural communities in Cambodia, enabling them to become hope-filled, self-sufficient, self-supporting communities. And those communities have been hit hard, actually, by the virus. Lots and lots of people out of work. Here is one of the CHO employees, uh, Lita Jump. She's in the middle of a distribution programme to one of the villages, talking about what CHO are doing out there. You might not find it easy to hear what she's saying. Apologies to those of you listening on audio. You can find it easier to follow if you watch the subtitles on video. But it's quite a short clip. And after we've listened to what Lita has to say, we'll pray for Cho and for the wider world. Good morning. Now we come to our prayers of intercession, where we bring forward the things and the people in our wider world and community. During these hard times, as well as looking at using prayer for help, it is also important to look at the positives and kind-hearted gestures that have also been an answer to many prayers before. As someone who has travelled out to Cambodia and seen the amazing work that the Cambodian Hope organisation is doing, it brought so much joy to my heart to see the Cho team working with their local community to help people live a better life. So let us close our eyes and let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for standing by us in these troubled times that we face. We thank you for your love and support, Lord. We start by praying for the Cambodian Hope Organisation. We pray for the Cho team, including Chomno, the kindness and support that they are showing for the community in Cambodia. We pray for the amazing work that they are doing, providing food for the poor families. The amazing work that they have managed to help up to 600 people. We pray that you continue to bless them with good health and safety and also pray that they receive more funding to be able to continue to help even more families. We pray for the work that Cho has done with the children in locations such as Safe Haven School and School on a Mat. We ask that you support them when the time comes for a return to a new normal. But most importantly, we pray for the drive and positive ways that Cho is having on the Cambodian people and the way they tackle each day with kindness and love. We now bring you the problems in other countries across the world, such as South Sudan, 
Syria, Afghanistan, Afghanistan and Myanmar. We pray for an end to the violence, fighting and conflict being, being shown in these countries. We pray, Lord, that there will be an end to this in the future and that you will bring peace to these countries. We also pray for the struggling health systems in these countries, Lord. We pray that with limited resources and support, you help them deal with the coronavirus outbreak. We pray for organisations such as BMS and Tear Fund. We pray for the dedicated people that are working within these foundations and we thank you for the love and kindness that they show for all the countries and people in need. Now we bring our prayers closer to home, Lord. We pray for our government and the continued work that they are doing. As we return to a new normal, we pray that the decisions and choices they make are safe and right for our country. We pray in this time for the homeless, Lord, as they have been sheltered in various guest houses and hotels. Sadly, they are starting to be checked out back onto the streets. We pray that you will keep them safe and find new accommodations for them to live in. We also pray for the continued work of our NHS, Lord. We pray that you keep them safe and help with the work to find a vaccine. We thank you, Lord, for what you have been doing in the world. We pray in thanks for supporting all families around the world in these troubled times. We pray for all these in Jesus' name. Amen.
Wear my yoke, says Jesus. Let me teach you how to live. It's a metaphor that would have resonated with any farmers listening to him. If you're going to plough a field, having a yoke of oxen gets the job done far more quickly and efficiently than just a single person could. A back-breaking job for one man is a relatively easy job for a yoke of oxen. Of course, you had to train the oxen properly first. If the owner befriends the oxen and they learn to trust him, then the relationship is powerful and effective. One farmer walking behind the oxen can simply tell them what to do. But if the farmer has beaten the oxen, then the animals will be uncooperative and aggressive. And then you need three people to manage them. One in front to lead the way, one behind to hold the plough and one alongside to keep moving them forward in the right direction. So it pays to have a good relationship with the oxen. And a good farmer would always make sure that the yoke was the right size and fitted comfortably. An ill-fitting yoke could rub or pinch the neck or cause the animal to cough or even choke. So for oxen, it made all the difference in the world who their master was. A good master would not muzzle them while they were threshing the grain so that they could eat as they worked. That was one of the commandments in the law. For oxen, whose yoke you wore would make a world of difference to your well-being and your productivity. And when Jesus invites us to take his yoke upon ourselves and let him teach us, he assures us that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. He doesn't overload or exploit those who follow his lead. And actually to say his yoke is easy may not be the best translation. A better way of capturing his thought might be to say that his yoke is fit for purpose. It's comfortable to wear and it enables those who wear it to work to their maximum potential. Of course, we may bridle a bit, pun intended, at the very idea of wearing a yoke, of being subject to anybody else at all. And there's no denying that carrying a yoke sometimes had connotations of slavery. Yet in Jewish writings of this period, we also find positive references to accepting the yoke, wearing the yoke of the law or of the commandments, the yoke of wisdom or the yoke of the kingdom of heaven. It's all about submitting to God's authority in our lives. And when Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, he's inviting us to submit to him. Why would we want to do that? Because he's gentle and humble. He's not a bully. He's not someone who's going to abuse or exploit us. And he says that if we come to him, we will find rest for our souls. He's the one who will renew and refresh and heal our emotional core. He's good for us. He'll take care of us. And some of us need to hear what he has to say because we've been in relationships or we've had experiences at school or at work where other people have tried to dominate or belittle us. They've tried to force us to wear their yoke and that's just been emotionally destructive and completely demoralising. If you've ever been on the end of a real tongue lashing you'll know how debilitating that can be. Research has shown actually that being subjected to emotional pain has the same effect on the brain as experiencing physical pain. I think the term tongue lashing might actually have been derived from a Jewish book rather grandly named The Wisdom of Jesus Ben Sirach, or Ecclesiasticus. This is what it says in chapter 28. The blow of a whip raises a wilt, but a blow of the tongue 
crushes the bones. Many have fallen by the edge of the sword, but not as many as have fallen because of the tongue. Happy is the one who is protected from it, who has not been exposed to its anger, who has not borne its yoke, has not been bound with its fetters. For its yoke is a yoke of iron, and its fetters are fetters of bronze. Its death is an evil death, and Hades, the place of the dead, is preferable to it. It has no power over the godly. They will not be burned in its flame. That, that confident statement that the tongue has no power over the godly seems to me to strike the same note of defiance as the saying I expect many of us learned in the playground. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never harm me. It's a saying that seems to date back to 1862, where it's founded the Christian Recorder, a periodical written primarily for black American readers. It's a saying that expresses defiance to those who engage in verbal abuse and which seeks to hide the pain we feel as a result of what they say. But we know that words still slip all too easily under our guard and can do us lasting harm. So let me just say, if you are listening to this and you are in an abusive relationship, seek help. Telling someone else has to be the first step in breaking the power that an abuser has over you. It's important that you don't face this alone. But I also want to remind you of Jesus' invitation, issued to all those who are exhausted by carrying emotional baggage from the past, and as well those of us who are exhausted from the pressures, the uncertainty and the anxiety of these past few months and the prospect of the months that lie ahead. Come to me, he says, and accept my yoke. And why would we do that? Because he's gentle and he's humble and he offers rest for our souls. So if you're just feeling so overwhelmed that you feel utterly useless and inadequate, good for nothing, remember that the yoke of Jesus is fit for purpose. He offers it to you so that under his gentle direction you can be empowered and equipped and enabled to make something of your life to fulfil your potential, to achieve goals that are good for you and of benefit to others. That's what it means for him to be our Redeemer, laying down his life for us so that we can start again, so that your life can be worthwhile and fulfilling as you live in partnership and under the direction of the one who is gentle and humble in heart and who promises rest for your soul.
May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and evermore. Amen.